live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Ranked uh, above 80th. Hey, Ed, can you hear us? Hello? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, this is not Hello? good. This is the Press Box. On Are you there? Come on! With Grady and Bischoff. Ed, disconnect! Are you there? Ed, check your phone! You're sending us messages. Yes, we hear you. Disconnect. On ESPN Las Vegas. Did you hear me saying hello when you were yelling at me to disconnect? Yes, I was. That's oh, that's awesome. It's back together. ESPN 1100-100.9 FM. Ed and Tyler. Tyler might mute himself today. He's uh, he's clean feet and Danny's running the show. What's going on? I need to mute myself. You're back. <laughs> yes. I'm barely barely back. Uh oh, that's not uh, ideal. I I don't want to call out airlines, but uh, man, it's, oh. cra- it's crazy nowadays with these delays. And and uh, I felt sorry. I I made one connection, but when I'm going off the plane, the people going to Jacksonville. Think about this: you fly from New Orleans to Houston, and you're supposed to go then to Jacksonville. And as you're getting off the plane, they're like, yeah, you missed your. You're now going through Nashville. <laughs> So you go from New Orleans to Houston to Nashville to Jacksonville. Can you imagine that? Like, oh, I feel so bad. And people screaming in the back of the plane, uh, things I can't repeat, um, that they had to do that. And the delays, not not a day. It's just a complete disaster nowadays. Just wow. You go there and just expecting, like, there's no way it's going to work out. Sounds like a fun trip. That was a great trip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved coming back that way. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm yeah. Excited. We haven't had like well, we had the national championship game, but there yeah. haven't been sports for like two days outside of that. Yeah, with not even a golden knights till tomorrow night. Oh, these bums, they gotta get back on the ice already. They they're play on, tonight. They're on fire. Are they played yeah. in they did they get uh, Vancouver tonight, right? Yes, Vancouver again and then again later I in think, the week or next don't week. They like play up next week as well as going through their yeah. schedule and they have to go back there. Yeah, the NHL decided, hey, they might miss the playoffs. Let's give them three straight against Vancouver to get them back in. And I think they're going to throw the Coyotes in there. They're really good. The first bite. Can Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty save the Golden Knights? Skating yesterday, right? This is one thing. I was sitting in an airport. I went on Twitter and saw that they were, well, they were in the opposite rink. They were in the kiddie rink over where, like, I think the juniors play or where a lot of the kids play. And then they skated across. Boy, I, it's just two guys skating across the rink got more attention (laughs) than the national championship game. I mean, it's just one after the other. Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty has skated across the rink. We'll see if they start practice. Ten minutes later, they are not at practice. What a tease, though. If yes. you're the Golden Knights, like, you, listen, you know that the media is going to be sitting there. Yeah. W- you know when they're going to be there. You're the one that invite them to practice. You're the one who tell them when they can come in. Right. If you wanted to hide Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, you could have done it, but they didn't. They let them skate across. So it was a little tease. I think they did yeah. it on purpose. I, I don't know what the – I haven't figured out the reasoning, but I think George McPhee was like, you know what? You two need to go skate across in front of the media and make a, make a little show for them and give a little tease. For the media. So both Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are out. However, only one of them is on long-term IR. That is Mark Stone. And yesterday, Pete DeBoer 
talked about how those guys were closer, at least closer than everybody else that is injured at the moment. And obviously, if they're skating, even if it's by themselves, even if it's non-contact, not actually in practice, if they're actually skating, that would imply they're relatively close. Last game of the regular season is April 29th. Do we see one, both, neither of these guys before the regular season ends? I think we see at least one, which is Max Pacioretty. I think we see at least one. Might see both if Mark Stone, uh, if that back situation is better than uh, it has been. But I think we see at least one of them. So the long-term IR, the salary cap situation for the Golden Knights, Max Pacioretty's not on long-term IR. So Max Pacioretty can can play tonight, right? He can. They have no issues if Max Pacioretty is able to go putting him in the lineup. The issue is if Mark Stone is the one that is ready to go they have to do something to bring him off of long-term IR. Now, the actual easiest situation... They could put someone back on. They could put Max Pacioretty on. Max <laughs> yeah. Pacioretty makes enough money that it would probably be enough space to bring Mark Stone off of long-term IR. But uh, Mark Stone's at 9 Max Pacioretty's at $7 million. It's It's hard to find guys that are making that much money to put on long-term IR. So... If just one of them's coming back, it's no real issue. The other one just is on long-term IR, and the Golden Knights have enough space. But if they were able or wanted to bring both of them back, they would have to do something else. And that something else could be trading away $5 million in salary like they tried to do at the trade deadline. Not daddy. You can still make trades after the deadline. That guy just can't play for the other team the rest of the regular season or if it's a playoff team in the postseason. So, like, if they're going to bring them both back, conceivably, they've got to trade away of getting oh, Dodonoff again. Oh, no, that poor kid. Poor daddy. <laughs> Been playing so well, and then he, they trade him again. Who else is available at 4 or $5 million? Riley Smith? He's he's already hurt. They can't trade Riley Smith either. Like, it's like Jonathan Marcheseau or Shane Well, Theodore, don't trade right? him. He's the one who's actually playing well the whole year. <laughs> so, Shane Theodore's coming around as well. It, it, da- daddy would be first choice. So, let me ask you this. If you're the Golden Knights, would it be worth it to make a drastic move like trading Evgeny Dodonov again? Would it be worth it to make that move to get Max well, Pacioretty and Mark Stone back for the last, I, mean, I don't know, whenever they're ready, 10, 8, 7 games of the season? Doesn't it depend on how hurt they are? I mean, like if Mark Stone says, hey, I'm 80%, I can go. Is Mark Stone at 80% as good as Daddy, who's 100% playing really well? I mean, I, I to answer it, I'd love to know how how Mark's you know how close is Mark Stone, and if he comes back, is it a situation with his back that he'd be out a day later? Uh, backs are not good. There's one part of the body that you know if it can be lingering. So I guess I can't fully answer it until I know how hard, how hurt those guys are. Now, if they're hundred percent, it's kind of hard not to have Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone on your yeah. team if they're hundred percent. But if they're not, I don't know if you know you take the risk. The worst case scenario would be to bring, we'll just use Mark Stone, bring Mark Stone back, not trade at 100%. Somebody. Yeah, trade to Donov, bring Stone back. He plays one game, and yeah. then his back hurts again, and yeah. Mark Stone has to miss the rest of the regular season. That would be the worst case scenario, because you've then just traded away a player for one game of Mark Stone. Unless they've traded him to Anaheim, and then uh, <laughs> Daddy can come back. Which would... I was going to say, has the uh, have the Golden Knights front office looked into those other nine teams? Yeah, we, do they know the to? full list at this point? You know what would have been amazing? 
if they had traded Dodonov and then activated Mark Stone off of long-term IR, and then the trade got nullified, oh. like then they would have had to re-put Mark Stone on long-term IR, yeah. which I think would have been illegal at that point because taking him off long-term IR deems him healthy. Like I, that would have been the Golden Knights. I think are a little bit fortunate there weren't they didn't make other roster moves. Before well, could the they NHL have moved the Don off to a down. non-10 team though? Uh, I mean, and yes, they could have gotten they, him back and then said, "Hey, Daddy, we're sorry. You're going now. You're going to a team that's not on the list." Right, and they still can. The the again, the issue is though, like they already when they tried to trade the Donov before the trade deadline, they had to give up a second round pick and take back the contract of John Moore, who's oh yeah, in Boston. I think he was in Boston at that point. Like the Golden Knights had to give up an asset and take on a bad salary to get rid of Evgeny Dodonov. That was before the trade deadline. Now, if the Golden Knights called a team and said, hey, That's we true. need to move Evgeny sure, to Donov. We'll take him. Now, this is what you're going to do for us. Right. Like, they're giving, are they giving up a first-round pick to do that now? <laughs> like, it'd be unbelievable if they had to do that. So, I, I have to imagine one of those two comes back. And I guess it's Max Pacioretty because he's the one that's not on long-term IR. But I'd guess one of those two comes back and the other one doesn't because it's going to be too much of a pain, too much of a hassle to actually make the salary cap space now, to bring both of them back. If they make it, though, it won't matter. Right. If this if this team makes the playoffs... Then none of it matters. Both of them can play right. game one of the first round. The Donoff can play. Everyone right, can play. Don't have to move anybody. And if you're the Golden Knights, that's... That's probably your best case scenario right now is that you are whenever, whatever, we'll just use Patch Ready. Whenever Patch Ready is able to go, you bring him back whenever and he's in the lineup and you make the playoffs and then boom, salary cap doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't anymore. matter anymore. Here's Mark Stone and potentially other guys. Although, so what do we got? Riley Smith, Brett Howden, Nick Haig, uh, Laurent Rossois, and I'm wow. probably missing like six other guys. But Pete DeBoer said none of those other guys are close to coming back. That Stone and Pacioretty are close, but the rest of them aren't. And he, the quote he said yesterday was there's not a Calvary coming. So that makes it sound like Riley Smith and those other guys yeah. won't be ready for the postseason. I mean, we still have almost an entire month. But if they're not close now, I'm guessing that'd be pushing it to have them back in essentially three weeks for the start of the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I the Riley Smith injury. Do we have they even said upper body or lower body? Or have they been completely quiet about that? Um, I think they've been completely quiet about it. I would have and to go back and look and see. But of that I, list, uh, I think they've been okay replacing Laurent Brossois. Um <laughs> I think of all the guys you just said in that list, it's okay if you know uh, Laurie or whatever they call him uh, doesn't come back, given the way Logan Thompson's played and uh, and now that Lenders back. Uh, Riley Smith, uh, knee injury, according Ooh. to CBSSportsNetwork.com. Ooh, that can be tricky. So. Depending yeah, on how it, serious that is. Yeah. I mean, it says the CBS Sports story is Smith, parentheses, knee, was placed on long-term IR. So oh. I don't know where CBS Sports got knee from, but maybe it's a knee there for Riley Smith. Uh, yeah, I hope, it's not like, I hope it's not like Eric Howla who was laying on a bench when they came and got him, and then and the next day they said he has a lower body injury. And like, gee, do you think? Uh, 
yeah, it wasn't that serious. That was more Brett Howden who went head first into the boards yeah. in his last game. This team, it's it's unreal how hurt they've been. But Laurent Brassois hasn't been much of an issue losing Laurent Brassois, no. mainly because Logan Thompson has been yeah, better. Yeah. But the rest of those names, like if you told me this team went into the playoffs and they didn't have Nick Haig or Brett Howden or Nolan Patrick, I think they're fine. Like I think if if you told if everybody else was back, I'd be like, okay, oh, yeah. that's you wouldn't miss perfectly him. fine. You wouldn't but, miss him. Again, is everybody else going to be back? And even if they are back, how healthy are they? Like, if you get Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty back, that sounds great and all, but are you getting, like you said earlier, 80% yeah, what are you of Mark of those Stone? Guys? Are you getting, yeah, and if that's the case, I don't, I mean, I guess that's better than not having them, but I don't know exactly how valuable all of that is. All right, coming up next, we get more into Ed Graney's travel stories from New Orleans. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Ed Graney is back after covering the Final Four in New Orleans. All right. Um, can you uh, give us a little more details? Why was your flight delayed so long yesterday? No clue. No, you don't oh, know? They didn't oh, tell the you? First, the first one was delayed because there was a holdup. Weather-wise, I believe they said, which I didn't believe at all, in Austin. I didn't believe I didn't believe at all, so <laughs> I didn't believe that. Uh, and then got to Houston and got off the plane, and that one was completely delayed. No one knew why. They don't. They just say it's delayed. And the great thing is they update you each time the delay gets louder, or at least longer. So I had like 66 messages on my phone. <laughs> like, even if it's delayed two more minutes, like, it's, it'll be delayed, you know, Supposed to go off at 3.30, now 3.54, two minutes later, now 3.56, and it just keeps going. So it's just, it's it's absolutely disaster. It's phenomenal. Can't name uh, the airline. Well, how, how, if you've been traveling lately, you know the airline. How long were you in the Houston airport? Uh, two, two and a half hours, I think. Okay. Longer? Okay. Okay. All right. Not, uh. Could have been worse. You could have had to fly to Nashville and then Jacksonville. Oh, man. I feel so sorry for those people. <laughs> was your delay while you were in the airport itself, or were you on the plane on the runway getting ready to take off? Uh, the second one, we were delayed on the, delayed getting on for a long time and then delayed on it because of a mechanical issue. Oh. Yeah. Those, the those and, are the best when they come over to the radio and they're uh, like, oh, yeah, our, our engine died. Hold yes. On. Hold on. <laughs> Hold I've on. had that happen before. <laughs> and I did luck out, but when we're sitting there um, on the mechanical issue one, I did luck out, and she was great. I have to give her credit. But you didn't know this was going to happen. But right in front of me, which would have just sent Tyler over the edge, was a newborn. Oh. So... No, what a nightmare. I've been on planes with newborns and my own newborns, <sighs> and it can be, first of all, if they're crying the whole time, you if you've been in that situation ever, you're stressful for the parents because you know how stressful that is because the kid's crying, and all you can think of is everyone around you on the plane. Hates you. Yes, we do. But yes. she was great. I mean, she barely made a sound, <laughs> and I told them afterwards, I said, man, she was awesome. I've been there in the opposite situation. Where it is stressful. I mean, it's you want to find stressful? Take a newborn on a plane, and have them cry the whole time. You just won't be able to walk off the plane. You'll be stumbling off the plane. You'll be so stressed. Just don't do it. Just you, uh, newborns not allowed on planes. Okay. Just All right. New new rules. Okay. Get, get in the car and drive. I don't <laughs> yes. know what we're doing here. Drive from from New Orleans to Houston to Nashville to Jacksonville. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, you probably she probably would have gotten there faster too. <laughs> That's true. Who probably would have been way quicker. <laughs> would have been a much better scenario for them so 
Good God. Newborn. At least the newborn didn't cry for you the no, entire time. No, it was amazing. Um, I saw a tweet from the NCA's head of PR. I can't remember the exactly, but were there over like a thousand media members credentialed for the oh, final I thought it four? was 1,900. Nine, it was almost, yeah, it was, it was almost 2,000 people. 2, 000, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where did you sit? Uh, free throw line extended opposite bench, second row on the floor. Are you telling me there were 2,000 people that were sitting in the media sections around the court? No, I don't know. I, I think a lot of that had to do with TV people. That's the biggest number I've ever seen. Now, they did have, though, they did have a risers on one side, and you know you could barely see because if you're in, if you're behind the student section, you, you're not going to see much, and behind the basket because students they stand the whole game jumping around like lunatics. So they did for the first time that I can remember have risers behind the students for that sat hundreds of media, um, and then they have the courtside media which I was at, and then. Uh, the other courtside media, two, two, both, both sides of the court has courtside media. It didn't fit 1900, so I don't know where that all that number came from, but it fit a lot of people. There were a lot of people covering this Final Four, and I think a lot of it had to do with last year with COVID. A lot of people didn't go last year, so they felt that, you know, to get back this year, I think Coach K had a lot to do with that, to cover, you know, if he actually won the thing in his last, in his last year, they probably convinced a lot of sports editors across the country to be there because of Coach K. Um, so yeah, there were, there were a ton of people this year. Um, do you have any hot takes on the college basketball game being held inside a football arena? No, cause I've been to so many. I, I mean, no, not really. I don't know. Okay. I have a hot take on it. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't buy into, and we saw in the, in a couple of those games, you know, the whole sight lines and, you know, the, the shooting and. I think if you're good, you're good. I mean that that Carolina Duke game to me was amazing. They just kept trading baskets. So I don't have any. I don't think anyone in Vegas has any uh, hot takes unless they don't want it to come here. Which I think you and I talked the other day. I think it's coming here, and I think the next round of um, in, invitations that they'll get one. Now it's not till 2028, but I think you know they do one or two at the same time, and I think Vegas is getting one for sure. From what I heard in New Orleans, it's almost a slam dunk that they're getting in probably 2028. Have you seen the video of the floor uh, sort of giving out when Armando Baycott rolled his ankle again? I did not see the video of it, but in the delay of the airport yesterday, there were two kids who were can- <laughs> there were two kids who were Kansas fans who I heard them talking. They were sitting next to me. I heard them talking, and the one kid had a video of it because they looked at it, and the one kid goes, "Yeah, he goes, you're at the most important event, one of the most important events of the year in all of sports, and you can't get the floor right." And they and they actually were Kansas fans. Um, but did his his ankle give away? Well, he, obviously he re, re-injured it. Yeah the the court like sort of I don't know what the right word is flexed underneath his weight as he was driving to the rim, and then his ankle rolled. Did that cause his ankle to roll? Would he have rolled it anyways because he was? He had already heard it before. I don't know, but it's not really a great look when no. in the final minute of the championship game, there's video of the floor looking slightly unstable no. as a guy gets hurt driving to the rim. And what I mean, that was maybe the biggest play of the game, right? He's driving in the final minute of a one-point game, driving for a layup that maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. But instead of getting a shot off, he rolls his ankle and Kansas gets a turnover and gets to go the other way. Like, if he scores there, maybe North Carolina is winning the national championship. Yeah, um, a lot often those courts get sold to. It's not the same court every year. I know. I'm almost certain. 
is it UNLV or San Diego State? A Mountain West school ended up with the floor when Kentucky won it. Um, whether they, the, you know, I think you can purchase it if you have an old floor and you're looking for a new floor. So now I don't know how it will be on the market. That's probably going to have a red tag sale on it because they don't want to buy a floor where kids might like roll their ankles all the time. It's um, a clear. It's going to end up at a Nevada high school near you because yes, they're trying to save yes. some money. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we don't. You know, it, just, it gives just way in the paint. All right, we can avoid that. Just don't step on it. <laughs> all right, I did want to ask you this. You were there. What? is bigger what are we going to remember kansas winning the national title or north carolina beating coach k oh i think coach k i mean i was there and like i told you the other day i mean until they got to the until they won it you you might not known kansas was there um everything before he lost was about coach k every i mean even bill self was asked about coach k in his press conferences and he was playing villanova jay wright was asked about coach k um they were all asked about him North Carolina kids and coach uh, uh, and Hubert Davis um, got to talk about their their game a little or their team a little. But in the breakout rooms, when kids go to breakout rooms, they put the five starters in rooms. If you reread the quotes, because obviously you can't be at all of them. Every you know they all started with, "What do you think about playing Coach K?" And is you know it could be his final game. So I'm thinking, absolutely, it was Coach K. So is this similar to when Mississippi State snapped the UConn women's team like a hundred and something game win streak in the Final Four, but then lost the national championship game? And I can't remember who they lost to. Who in the did they lose to? Was it South? Was that the year South Carolina won? That might have been the year Asia Wilson won the the national title. But that was basically the same scenario where you have a historic team or figure on one end lose in the Final Four, and the team that beat them doesn't even go on to win the national championship but we don't remember that we just remember the winning in the yeah. it'd be like you know if the miracle on ice team yeah had lost they, the gold well, medal they game. went down they had to rally in the gold medal game if they had yeah. lost that i don't i mean i'm asking you was it finland or sweden i don't remember. i don't even fin- remember finland I don't even sounds remember. right but i, I do not know yeah you, you beat the you, you pull off the biggest upset in the history of the olympics and then you lose the gold medal games, so you come home with the silver. I mean, that's kind of where North Carolina is. They pulled off the biggest win in their yeah. rivalry's history. Yeah, they didn't win the national nope. championship, though. So it's not like they get to. Well, they, they should hang a banner that just says "Ended Coach K." <laughs> ended him with a like yes. a mug shot of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like just a big ended, mug shot. One of those yeah. rat faces where he's pissed off at everybody. <laughs> just it's over, and a picture of Coach K hanging from the rafters. That That'd would be, be good. awesome. All right, coming up next, we will talk to Jermaine Lowen of the Henderson Silver Knights. And at center ice, the faceoff control by the Ice Hogs is some trouble for Galvis. Lost the puck, it comes around. Jermaine Lowen scores! Jakob Galvis fumbled the puck. He lost it right between the circles. And Jermaine Lowen steps into it to get the Silver Knights a 2-0 lead. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now from the Henderson Silver Knights is Jermaine Lowen. Good morning, Jermaine. How are you today? Hey, Jermaine. I am good. How are you? Good. We are we are good this morning. All right, so let's let's start there. You scored the goal there, but how has it been moving into a new arena in the middle of a season with the Dollar Loan Center opening up? Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, we've all been looking forward to it, and uh, this that day came. It was really a really special day for everyone, um, especially for the people of Henderson. So couldn't be more excited for it. Having that happen, Jermaine, talk about your game, how it's coming along. Um, where are you at, and you know, it, it, tell us where you know you feel your game is at this point. 
Uh, my game is improving uh, since I came back from uh, my injury. I feel like I've um, I've been doing quite well. I uh, scored the other night and uh, just kind of keeping that uh, momentum and uh, work ethic going. You're not telling us there's been an injury bug through the Henderson Silver Knights no. like there has been through the Golden Knights, has there? Yeah, not, <laughs> not there's been a little bit, but we're just finding, trying to find ways to keep pressing on uh, through through the universities of injuries and things like that. It happens to teams, so we're just trying to find a way to uh, to keep going. So Jermaine Lowen with us, if. Anybody that doesn't know that's listening, Jermaine was the first Jamaican-born player drafted into the NHL, seventh-round pick of the Dallas Stars. I have an important question for you, though, because you you got adopted and moved to Canada, and that's when you started playing hockey. During World Cup qualifying, are you cheering for Jamaica or Canada? Uh, That's crazy. I was uh, was cheering for Jamaica, but I'm in Canada to do well as, as well, so... I have special bond in both places. So it's all it's all about Jamaica for you when you're watching the World Cup, though. Okay, that's good. Um, what is okay? L- let me ask you this: How often have you been back to Jamaica? Uh, been like four or five times, but it's been a while, it's been a few years, and hoping to go back maybe this summer. How? How foreign is the idea to Jamaica of ice hockey? Like, how just out of nowhere is that for anybody from Jamaica that, oh, that guy plays hockey? What even is that? Oh, it's, it's very, very foreign. Uh, obviously, as you know, it's uh, a tropical island, so there's not really uh, there's not really ice there. And for uh, for me to be uh, in hockey was unique and a different uh, for people to, to see playing the sport. Uh, Obviously, I got adopted and moved to uh, Canada, and so that's that's how I started started playing. How and when when you go back though, I mean, what what do you what do you want people to know most about your story, Jermaine? And I know you've authored books and children's books, but what what do you think you want people, whether it's in Jamaica or wherever, uh, to know most about your story? That's most inspirational that people can latch onto that and say, "Hey, look what happened with him." It can, you know, maybe it happens with me as well. Uh, my thing is, I believe that if you uh, you work really hard and have had quite a different uh, adversities and setbacks and things in my my journey in uh, in hockey and, and in life and uh, the resiliency there just to kind of keep to keep going and that's uh, that's one of the big things in life is if you can uh, uh, keep plugging away and. Uh, you know, it's not easy every day, and uh, your dreams can sometimes take a little, a little longer. But if you stick with it, you never know where you can get to. So, the book that you co-authored, Ari's Awful Day and Mainer's Move. Um, what What was that process like? What surprised you most about co-authoring a book? Uh, you don't realize how much work uh, gets put into uh, creating a a book or a children's book, and you know you. You go through it and you you put in different different thought thoughts onto the into the book and then you you're like I don't know if I should have that in the book and then you kind of have to do a lot of um, passion through things and then you go back and you're like well we want to put this in and uh, it's uh, it takes quite a while and uh, um, once it's uh, once it's done it's uh, it's pretty relieving uh, doing that and it's really 
pretty cool. That's uh, an honor having you on a children's book. Centers on things like racial differences, inclusion, kindness. Um, it's almost like at some level the NHL, it's the children's book, but the NHL sometimes needs to read it too um, in terms of trying to get inclusion of it. As you look across hockey, whether it's uh, the level you're at, whether it's the NHL, where do you think more inclusion will come from? Uh, just getting kids started at young ages? I mean, how, how can it be more inclusive of a sport? They've tried to make strides forward, but what is your thoughts on that? Um, my one thought is um, obviously we got a ways to go with that, but I think that, um, you know, in my community and where I'm from, I think there's a lot of, you know, immigrants coming into the, into, you know, Canada, U.S., wherever, and uh, I think bringing, kind of bringing the, the game so it's able to be played by people of minority, uh, that's something that we need to definitely work on in, in hockey, and it's, uh, it's uh, not a cheap sport to play, and so if we can somehow, you know, get the funding and get the, the money so that um, kids can get gear and, and wear it. And um, even if it's offhand gear, they can wear that and go out there and play and, uh, you know, lower the price of the fees for entering into minor hockey, I think as well is going to uh, help, help those families because it's, it's not a, uh, it's not easy. And I, uh, I went through some of those struggles when I was starting on minor hockey as well. And uh, just knowing how, how difficult it is to to play that, and then alone uh, trying to advance uh, through minor hockey uh, wasn't easy. And I had a, a group of family and friends around me to help me and support me in that. And that's uh, that's what needs to happen in the game. Jermaine Lowen with us from the Henderson Silver Knights. All right, on Henderson, who is the best fighter on the team? Who's the guy you wouldn't want to drop the gloves with? Oh, well, I would say that you know. McCaution Tinsel and, and Bowers is pretty tough, but you know, Braden Pahal. We have a we have a bunch of different guys on our team that um, are willing to drop the the mitts and you know what I I'm I respect everyone who uh does drop the mitts and who can throw and there's some guys on our team and um, it's never uh, it's never something you go into uh lightly. So everybody everybody can throw on and has the ability to uh, land some. So you just have to be uh, mindful of that as well. So, yeah, there's a, I wouldn't say there's one in, in particular guy, but just in, in a collective whole. There's always the, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, uh, there's always the one level before. And taking that next step can be, you know, arduous, and sometimes it's easier for other guys. What, do you, what are your thoughts in terms of what you need to do to take that step? I think for me, it's continuing on, you know, improving as a player, you know, from, you know, each season I, I gain that, um, I gain some tools in my toolbox and just, I feel like just sharpening up my skills as a, as a winger and, uh, just rounding out my game, um, improving, obviously continue improving on my defensive side of the game. Uh, that's going to help me get to the National Hockey League, but it's uh, it's not something that you you, know, you got to get uh, rush yourself. You have to sometimes uh, be patient, uh, work hard and be patient, and then once your opportunity comes, then you're ready for it. So that's, uh, that's kind of my thought process. Well, he is Jermaine Lowen of the Henderson Silver Knights. Jermaine, 
Good luck, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Jermaine. Yeah, thank you. So, Jermaine Lowen uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights. Again, he was the first Jamaican-born player to get drafted into the NHL, got uh, adopted at a young age and moved to Canada and started playing hockey because that appears to be the norm when you get uh, when you move to Canada. So, Jermaine Lowen from the Henderson Silver Knights. I don't coming. think there's any choice. <laughs> there's no choice? That's he, it? I think it's... It, <laughs> He got there. Great story about being adopted. And the next day, they handed him some skates and said, okay, go do your thing. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, the greatest soccer team in the country plays in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Ed, I uh, want you to know that yesterday I got some absolutely terrible news. I got an email chick-fil-a telling oh. me that i'm no longer in their delivery radius really yes they, they, they kept they kept up that much they kicked me out of their delivery radius so now i can't get chick-fil-a delivered straight from chick-fil-a i've got to pay for like doordash or uber eats to bring it over here oh so chick-fil-a was delivering it to your house yes Chick -fil -A i thought you always delivery. did uber eat no no chick-fil-a does delivery and it's better because it's cheaper than when you get it through uber eats or whatever and hell half the time chick-fil-a gave me they waived the delivery fee because i order it so much um absolute nightmare one of the worst emails i've ever gotten in my life um so it's, it's terrible absolutely i terrible. wonder what happened i i don't know i mean i'm guessing they didn't either didn't have enough people to do it or we're getting too many orders outside of a certain radius and they didn't want to keep driving out here but it's not like i live that far from them i was in their radius to begin with unbelievable what a shame. What a shame. It is. Which will you go with now? Will you go Uber Eats or are you going to cut back on Chick-fil-A? I'll probably have to cut back on Chick-fil-A. Whoa. I don't know how that happens. It's brutal. I would have ordered Chick-fil-A this morning for breakfast if it hadn't been for this. How, or, how early are they open? Six o'clock. Wow. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I come into the studio with Chick-fil-A like twice a week. Yeah, it's... It, uh... It goes past the toast and uh and the uh, frappuccino drink that uh, I have in the cold bottle at yeah. home. So with the orange. Devastating news. Absolutely brutal. But some good news. Um Lights FC might be good. What's Ed. happening here? What what's going on this year? Uh Danny Trejo got named USL player of the week. It's the second time he's won the award this season. I don't even know if they had other players up like to vote on for player <laughs> of the week in any other season. I don't I don't even think that's happened. But this guy, Danny Trejo, has now won it twice in already this season. Uh, he leads the USL in goals. He scored five this year. Nobody, the second guy's got three, right? He's blowing them away so far with five goals. Uh, and Lights FC, they've won three of the first five games. Uh, they got nine points. They're currently fifth in the standings. Top eight make the playoffs. Th this team might actually be good. This team might actually be worse. They, what's, what's changed? They've won games on the road. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It is that's the part that's fascinating. Most of the guys that are playing, not all, but most of the guys that are playing were on the team last year. Danny Trejo was on the team last year. He's already scored more goals this year than he did all of last season for Lights FC. So I'm not exactly sure what's happening. The 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 coaching has kind of changed. Steve Chirundolo was the coach last year, but LAFC hired him to be the manager of their actual MLS team. And now a guy that was an assistant with Steve Chirundolo and Vegas last year 
he's now coaching Las Vegas Lights this year. It's it it I don't understand. It's like the same exact guys from last year with an assistant coach instead of the head coach, and they're winning now. I don't get it. No, I don't for understand, them. but they are, and I'm very excited. Good for them. How many I games might have you been get to? to watch? Uh, I haven't been to any this year. Um, you still got your tickets? Yeah, I'll still got the tickets. They've had two home games, I believe, this year, but I have missed both of them. Um, so I, I'm excited. I might get to watch an actual decent team play soccer throughout the summer, which has not happened. They have not been good. Have not been a playoff team the entire time they've been here. And maybe, just maybe, they'll actually make the playoffs, and I'll be excited about that. Um, they play tonight, by the way, on the road, but they play tonight in the U.S. Open Cup, and they're playing a team in the division below them. So I give you all this optimism and excitement, and I fully expect them to somehow lose tonight to a team in the division. No, come on. You got to be more positive. (laughs) Lashford can't be happy that you haven't been out to a game yet. Oh, he's probably furious. If he's listening (laughs) now, he's probably Especially because they're winning now. I know. I know. It's a nightmare. I mean, I've watched them all on ESPN+, Plus, but I just haven't actually been to it yet because other stuff's been going on. I haven't made it out there yet. Um, Here's the problem, though, with the U.S. Open Cup at they play FC Tucson, who's in the division below them. It's a big knockout tournament. All the right. all the professional teams right. in America, right? If you go far enough, you'll play an MLS team. The problem is Lights FC in the other two appearances in the U.S. Open Cup, they have been knocked out by an amateur team. Guys that don't get paid. Yeah, or maybe they get paid like $7. Maybe they get oh, a per diem. Per diem for like the Chick-fil-A? But they, they have lost two two years. To, to amateur teams in the U.S. Open Cup, which is... So amateur teams are allowed in this all the way up to MLS? Yes. Yeah. If wow. You, yeah. If an amateur team kept winning, they would eventually get to play an MLS team. Um, but yeah, they lost to an amateur team, which is a, a, a great, great disaster. Because here's here's what I really want. Of all the things Lights FC have done, I want them to play an MLS team yes. in the U.S. Open yeah. Cup. That would be phenomenal. Now... They can't play LAFC because that's their parent club, so they're not allowed to play them. So that I think they'd probably end up like LA Galaxy or something like that. But that would be phenomenal if they got to play an MLS team and you know maybe beat one or probably lose by five goals, but maybe beat one. It would be great. That's what I want to see. And it'll probably never happen because they'll somehow find a way to lose to an amateur team. I mean, team how many again. overall, over, under, how many games would they have to win to get to an MLS team? Uh, I think it's two. Oh, okay. It, it's always, it's always outrageous. been so... The, they restructured it so it might be different, but it's always been in the past. They played basically two amateur teams, and then they would have played an MLS team if they beat them both, and both times they've lost to the second amateur team and haven't okay. played the MLS team. All right. So they, they restructured it a little bit so it might be different this year, but it's always been two in the past. So hopefully they can beat FC Tucson, who's not an amateur team. That's an actual professional team, and then eventually play an MLS team. That'd be... Uh, actually fun kind of fun actually yeah this team was any good like the thing with lights fc the part of the reason i have season tickets is because it is like the the dumb fun organization of las vegas they do just dumb things that are entertaining right they drop money out of a helicopter and let people run around and pick it up off the grass like it's a tremendous entertainment product they just haven't been actually good at the soccer if they're actually going to be good at the soccer that would be phenomenal. The only disappointment is that all of a sudden, oh, guess what? MLS is coming and Lights FC right. doesn't exist anymore. Or maybe it does, but is on its deathbed. We'll see there. Which, by still the waiting, way... Still waiting for the MLS uh, What the hell? Though. What happened in the first quarter? 
I complained about this last week saying, hey, the first quarter's almost up, guys. Where's the MLS team? Now it's April 6th. We're a week into yeah. quarter two and we don't have an MLS team. This wonder is if that's ridiculous. bad news or good. I wonder if that's bad news or they're just kind of getting everything in order. I'm guessing it's because somebody doesn't want to pay some money. Well, they Otherwise, pay a lot make it for, happen. They got to pay a lot on that expansion fee. The expansion fee and then building the, yeah, the then actual they gotta build stadium. The stadium. Where, where's it at, Wes Edens? Come on. Come on. Write the check. Get the MLS team. I don't even care if you name it something bad like villains. Get it over here. I want the Las Vegas villains in Major League Soccer. You'd have season here. tickets. Absolutely. As soon as as soon as they announce it and announce whatever the hell their ticket drive with deposits, I'm putting the deposit down. I'll I'll, I'll probably stop getting Lights FC season tickets. Oh and I will no! Put that you're, money. you're 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 leaving Lashbrook. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to a game. They got like free tickets or ten dollar <laughs> tickets. I'll, I'll My season tickets are not a good investment. I could probably go to every game for cheaper than what I pay for. How long would it, if if usually on the expansion teams in the MLS, let's say they announced this week, when would they start playing? Because obviously you got to build the stadium. They don't wait for the stadium to be built, don't they? Have a don't they have a temporary place they can play? No, I think they would wait. Uh, oh, so that's a couple years. It. Yeah, they could change that. But Don Garber. So, and again, this is going off what Don Garber said a couple months ago when he said we were going to have an announcement in the first quarter of 2022, which did not happen. So maybe this isn't true either. But he get. He said that uh, the the thirtieth team in Major League Soccer, which is what Las Vegas would be if we do in fact get it, he said that they would not start playing. I think he said twenty twenty five or maybe twenty twenty six. So until they build it, basically is what would happen. They could play in a temporary location. They could play at Allegiant Stadium or something like that. Uh, that's happened before, where teams play in temporary locations. Expansion teams or new teams play in a temporary location while they get a stadium built. That's happened before, so it could happen here too. But Based on what Don Garber said, and again, what he said was we were having an announcement already, but based on what he said, it sounded like they would wait until the stadium was built and well, then the team would, would come into Major League It'd have Soccer. to be a dual announcement. Let's say today they announce it. They're also announcing the stadium deal. You would Wouldn't, think so. I mean, you'd yeah. have to, because the first question at the press conference is, where are you yes. playing? Yes, you would think so, that that would be the, the obvious way to go about it. Or... I, I mean, I guess they could tease an announcement. I, I guess here's the other part. Major League Soccer has not like officially said, hey, we're expanding to a 30th team. Well, they right. did at one point, and then the 30th team left. <laughs> Their ownership group said, no, thank you. So uh, I guess they could conceivably say, hey, we are expanding. We're going to accept expansion bids. And then, oh, guess what? We took Las Vegas, and here's their new shiny stadium uh, for them to play at. But yeah, you would think if they were announcing Las Vegas, that there would be a very quickly or at the same time a stadium announcement because you know that kind of needs to happen so there you go uh danny do we need to go to break yep i was just getting there <laughs> all right <laughs> coming up next the front page <laughs> 